On today's episode of Glue Guys, we're going to do the eight biggest questions surrounding the Nets' first-round matchup against the hated mm. Boston Puh. Celtics. Puh. That's me spitting on them. Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us Come out in, on Twitter Come at BK Glue Guys. I know I failed. NetsDaily.com, The Athletic. New deal just in time for the playoffs. We signed a new deal. A dollar a month for the first six months of your subscription at The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash glue guys to get behind that paywall. Brian. There, Michael. Hi. The How Nets are, are back. We did it. We did it. We got to the postseason, Mike. Uh, yeah, we did. We the arduous journey, the injury riddled, COVID riddled journey that was the 2020-2021 season. We are finally here. We are on the doorstep of the postseason, and today we are going to hit the eight absolute mightiest, biggest, grandest questions confronting the Nets. In their round one matchup against the Boston Celtics, Brian. Yes, I'm fired up, Mike. I want to just do a quick little thing. I'm emerging. I'm emerging out of my hole. Please, we're oh, gonna. Yes. We're meeting yeah, up. People. We're meeting up. We're at tailgate in in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, the heart the heart of the city, the heart of the burg. I mean, of the <laughs> of the of the of Brooklyn, uh, North Eleventh Street, I believe, for to watch this playoff game. To watch Game One against the Celtics. Yes. I'll, you I'll, are. You're emerging. I'm. I'm remaining. Mike in my bunker. refuses to emerge. We try to get him out. He <laughs> he wouldn't leave. He would not leave. Um, but I will be there. Uh, yes. Keith from Talking Nets going to hang out. I know he's bringing some peeps. Um, big recommend. We all hang out together and drink a thousand beers. That's isn't that's Spencer Dinwiddie coming? Isn't that Spencer will he's, be there? Spencer nah. will be there. We're going to do keg stands with Spencer at at. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Anyways, I just want to do that quick plug. I don't want to. St- I felt like I still. No, that's a nice thing. People can see basketball with you. They it's can watch be, a fun. game on a TV we're with gonna you. Hang out. It's going to be a whole party and multiple yeah. people. Yeah, it's going to be um, So go up to Brian and strike up conversations. I'm. I think I'm pretty social like these days. Is ma- yeah, yeah, I know you're. You're good at. I, I would like people to try to make it as awkward as possible for you, but can't be done. Uh, I think you're an Olympic non-awkward conversationalist, Olympic level. I, that well, means a lot. Whilst I here, <laughs> like to, I like to make it as awkward as possible. Speaking of awkward, yes, let's get there. The Nets' first round matchup with the Boston Celtics. Let me start here. Alex Sturm, thank you so much for being in the chat. By the way, this is on YouTube. Uh, Alec says, Brian, I hope you're not encouraging me to drink. Alec. Tell us exactly how old you are. I don't know if you're allowed to drink oh alcohol. Boy. Busted. Busted, Let's Alec. figure it out. We'll talk about it. Um, before we even get to the eight biggest questions, we've talked about it many times. We talked about first-round matchups, most desired first-round matchups, least desired first-round matchups. Brian, we're at this place. Yeah. We know who our dance partner is. You know, we were at the dance. It was homecoming. We didn't have a date. We showed up stag. And we found a lucky girl or gal, girl or gal, gal or boy, a gal, uh, yeah. someone to, uh, to dance with. And it's the Boston Celtics. How do, how do you feel? How do you feel? We, you know, that was sort of the chosen one. All, 
all the karmic signs are pointing to this um, and no regrets. You know, that's how I feel. I feel, you know, we, we were calling our shot. We got it, you know, and now what are we, what are we going to do? We're going to back down now after we called our shot. No, 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 no. We got to <laughs> lean right in. We're not, this isn't, this isn't the 2017 Brooklyn Nets. Okay. Where you call your shot and then you get all, you know, mealy about it. We're going in, we're going right up the gut. I got to say, I was a little worried in the play-in game because it, they did look, they looked way the better. Celtics looked much more formidable <laughs> yeah, they than like, like a real what team. I was remembering. Yeah, totally. Even despite like, I mean, the Wizards are a, a weird, a weird squad. Uh, that was a weird yeah. game on top of being a weird squad. What, what was going on? Like, what, what's the Westbrook? Is there um, a meme that I couldn't figure out? Because I mean, Marv Albert was straight up like, something's wrong with Russell Westbrook. He's, his attitude is off. He's got a bad attitude. <laughs> <laughs> That's where he was going. No shots at the legend Marv Albert, who is literally retiring. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if his deduction skills are at the peak that they used to be Oh, I see. at this point. And he happens to think every player is Marcus Smart <laughs> yeah. on the Celtics. And he has a real he had a real tough time remembering, I think, Kyrie Irving. It was a tough was a game. Guy. So you're saying it's a tough game because he got name, names wrong. He got Russell Westbrook's name right in his teardown of his attitude, and, and you disagree with that. Also understood his aura perfectly yeah. in that moment. Um, I was at a restaurant with Marv Albert once. It was a restaurant where you're not allowed to wear a hat, and he was wearing a hat. What a move! Good like a, it was like a fine dining establishment. You weren't yeah. at the it's one it wasn't... of those places where, like, you know, you go for a, a martini after at, work. Ah, uh, Dallas barbecue. Very nice. Very <laughs> Dallas <right>. barbecue. <laughs> nice. Um, so I, I do have to admit, on the feeling scale, that game, the playing game, I'm trying to not let it affect me too much. I mean, the play-in, this is the second year of the play-in in some form. It's different than what it was last year in the bubble, but in some form. And there was some effect of just seeing that team win, some momentum being carried on, thinking like, okay, maybe I really wanted the Celtics matchup to begin with. I still want it. I want it much more than a Wizards matchup over a seven-game series, but... There is some, there's something there. There's like some mm. little bit of anxiety. I think it's going to go away after game one. We'll talk about, we'll do our predictions, our rough predictions by the end of this pod. Okay. Um, I'm not too worried. I'm just going to start with a place of like, I'm not that worried about it. But let's, let's jump into our questions. <clears throat> Please. Yeah, let's get there. The first question. The first of the eight biggest questions facing well, the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> the big the, In round big one yeah. against Boston Celtics. Nice. What are we going to see from James Harden? James Harden has played two games since arriving back from his hamstring injury. Though one of those games, it was like a very kind of uh, milk toast performance. What type of James Harden are we going to see? My prediction mm. is he's going to be uh, fantastic, and we're going to remember the greatness, the MVP candidate level James Harden. I have full faith that he's going to be super impactful. Do you have any sense of worry? Are, or dread? are you? Are you? Is the worry or dread mostly about his like the hamstrings? I don't. I don't dare I even say the word. But is that where you're sort of where you're drawing that any perspective dread from? Yeah, I think. I think if there is dread, I have no dread. But if if anyone were to have terror, it would just be that <clears throat> he's still working his way back, right? Mm. Um, and <laughs> it's not like James Harden was in. You know, we kind of would make fun of his health and his gut. 
pre-getting on the nets when he was with the Houston Rockets. I never would. I would never make fun of, of his gut. I never would do that. I, I support positive yeah. gut health. That is a, a very important well, I thing think in my I, life. Not even just positive gut health or like, does he have one? Or Let's say he does have one. I'm pro that because I think it's a weapon. You know, it's a basketball. It's a medicine <laughs> ball that you can use to clear out with. It's a, it's a, there's a utility to it that I think people are only just now starting to realize. I've been talking about this for years. You know, like the, the body suit that people wear if they're boxing, if they're like just sparring. Exactly. He just lives with that. Yes. He's just got a a, a gut protector. Um, no, I mean, I think there's like some reasonable sense of like, what is James Harden? The percentage of James Harden from what he was earlier in the season when he was at his peak, when mm-hmm. he was an MVP candidate to now. We don't have any real data on what he's going to be like. And even like a 75% healthy James Harden plus Kyrie and KD being at the level that they're at, like this Celtic series shouldn't be a concern. Obviously, though, James Harden, his health, how he's going to play is a big indicator for the rest of the play. I don't want to jump too far ahead, mm-hmm. but it matters for the rest of the playoffs. My Again, my prediction for James Harden is I think we're going to see a fully healthy, engaged, active, dominant at times James Harden, while also still throwing in the weird games where he shoots the ball only like nine times. He goes three for nine from the field, but gets like 15 assists. Do you, Brian, have any apprehension, concern, worry about what James Harden's going to do? No, I, and I never really do worry about James Harden. It's, a, it's a, like, at least in terms of anything other, other, you know, health stuff, throw that in its own bucket because I worry about everyone's health all the time. You know, I have Constantly. a, I have a huge uh, level of bandwidth for that. Um, but in terms of actual, like the matchup or what James Harden could or could not do in a, in a seven game series against Boston, I feel like that's like a, a really, I mean, I don't know that anyone has like a, a thing that they can do to stop whatever James Harden do because does, because he's like fairly adaptive. And if he needs to be a scorer, you can turn that on when need be. And if he needs to be a clutch finisher and close out a game with just like impossible to stop floaters, then he can do that. And if he just wants to slowly, methodically pick your team apart from the half court as just like a lean, mean passer, then he can do that. So like James Harden for me, I've, I've never, I've never lost sleep over whether James Harden is going to find a, find a way to, to beat, <laughs> um, well, Boston Celtics. Maybe there's some other teams maybe, but, um, but certainly not the Celtics. Matt Brooks, friend of the show, had a really nice tweet. Um, yesterday about James Harden and the Nets bench. He said, if you look at who are technically part of the bench squad right now, because Joe Harris is kind of a bench player at this point. I mean, he may start, we don't know, but whatever. He he does run minutes with the bench. If the bench unit at times for stretches is James Harden running point with Joe Harris and Landry Shamit bombing threes, mm. Nick Claxton setting picks, and Jeff Green you know, doing making corner threes and playing defense. You know, that that's an amazing lineup to stack against Boston, whose bench isn't good. Their mm-hmm. bench is like Aaron Neesmith, Romeo Lankford. Yeah. Where art thou? <laughs> Romeo. Got him. You're on the bench. Got him. That's where you are. Got him. By the way, when 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 Romeo Lankford was drafted by the Celtics, the oldest, crustiest headline writer, the Boston Herald was just waiting to unleash that and he you, had you been got, injured for his whole over here. Dropping a name? No. Just yeah. I imagine in my I saw yeah. Spotlight. You saw oh, Spotlight. See, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <don't>, <laughs> Michael Keaton? Is that your Michael name? Keaton. Yeah. It's Michael Keaton sitting there. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Um whoever boss's bench is, I, I you you know, Time Lord Robert mm. Williams has a, a hyper extended toe. Yeah. Turf it's toe. The to- 
the toes extended. Um, it's not uh, honestly. That's, that sounds awful. I mean, if you're I mean, just like as a like a visual, I don't know. I don't like the sound of that. So I, we're gonna focus. There's a lot to like focus on the the basketball minutia of this series. Um, I think I think one clear thing is that the Nets starting lineup has much more talent than the Celtics. Mm. And Brad Stevens himself. I think Brad. I I saw a quote again on Twitter via Brad Stevens. I I hope this is true. That Brad Stevens has said the Nets are the most talented team I think I've seen in the NBA assembled since I've been here. It's yeah, like, wow. He's like heard, really laid it on. He's like trying to get an assistant coaching job <laughs> yeah, yeah. with Steve Nash. Like he, he says, he was like, didn't he say the thing where he essentially said, "Yeah, the Nets are really good. We have like a real like basically like I don't know what how, how we're going to beat them. Yeah, like I don't know what we're going to do." I'm, I, with, the, I, with the same squeaking and the, the elevation <laughs> of the the prepubescent bar mitzvah right. boy type vibe that he has going, I on. appreciate his full throated management of expectations. That's like he's like I just <laughs> I just want to make sure we're all on the same page here. Yeah, you know, that's important. The Boston Herald, yeah. you know, headline writer, calm down. Yeah, you know, we are we are. Let's just focus on what. Let's get a game out of them. Yeah, yeah let's equal out. But but the Nets have their starting lineup has more talent, and the bench unit. Whether it's run by Kyrie, whether it's run by Harden, whether at times it's Durant as the focal oh, point, good. is so oh, much better you. than the Celtics. Here together. Um, oh, there you go. You back? I'm back. Don't worry. All right. It's a Zoom issue. Um, so uh, the second biggest question for the Nets-Celtics round one is, is Kemba Walker a January 6th Kemba Walker. I don't know if you've seen this controversy, Brian. I, I did. Uh, I did see some of the imagery. Yeah. So this is via Cam Wolf. Cam Wolf uh, is a writer for GQ and is also a big Nets fan. And shout out Cam. Um, and other people have picked up on this and, and noticed this. And this is going to be a joke, so let's not. We're not going to go too crazy. But uh, Kemba wore a "Don't Tread on Me" jacket to the play on play-in game. It was a very bold jacket. It's it's uh, a bright yellow with a gigantic don't tread on me symbol on the back. Now that symbol mm. is, is, is been used and you'll often see it on QAnon in QAnon boards and those type of people, the, the January Sixers don't tread on me. That, that symbol and that phrase is highly attached to them. Wow. Um, <clears throat> is Kemba Walker a QAnon? Is he an insurrectionist? Is he a QAnon guy? Yeah. I mean, why not? It's the, they're, the, they're the they're, they're the enemy, and I'm yes. not giving them any benefit of the doubt until after the series is over, and then maybe I'll consider whether or not he stormed the Capitol. Okay, and only then. No, I'm just kidding. I <laughs> was Kemba Walker at the. Is that how he hurt his knee? Was he ah, storming the Capitol, right. climbing through Nancy Pelosi's window? Right. Was he taking a squat in Nancy Pelosi's office? <laughs> Sorry. Does he? Would he graphic. deserve a? Uh, would he deserve a suspension? If so, if we if he would. <laughs> Think, I just saw headline: four hundred people have now been arrested related to that. Oh, uh, to that incident, just four hundred. Um, um, well, yeah. do you? I mean, did he say? Any, did he? Did he get into he it? He did. Yeah, he did. Uh, and he was like, uh, he was like, honestly, I just so, thought it was a nice jacket yeah. that looked good with my shoes. Do you? Do you get the sense? I mean, you, you've seen how James Harden dresses. Somebody's just dressing these people at that level. You're getting, yes. you know, hundreds of millions of dollars now. You're just walking into a room and somebody says, "Put this on," right? Like somebody, somebody, part, somebody yeah. else got fired for that, probably. Right? Yeah, and, and almost like, I'll be honest, I do know what the don't tread on me. I know I know that's that symbol and that phrase has been, I don't want to say co-opted. It's, it's just been it's like. Been a, it's been appropriate. It's cultural it, appropriation. Like, yeah. yeah. It 
it does look like if I didn't know clue of it, I was like, yeah. that's a cool jacket. Yeah. Like that's a cool look, cool jacket. You know, it's awesome. the one to make up for it is the Ben Franklin, the, you know, how they have that secondary logo on the court for the Sixers game where it's like yeah. the, the dissected the running. snake that oh, the di- yeah. it says like join or die. That was Ben Franklin's original pitch for the, for the uh, flag for the colonies. Um, and I, I know you know this, but what, what did he want to be the national bird? The, the turkey. I did know turkey. that. I did know that. Very Which, intelligent I, animal. I still feel, I mean, that's a good take. That's a good take. I like vultures, to be honest. Like, how, how villainous <laughs> are vultures? Such a weird. Have did they have first vultures? take when the country was founded? Because the I show, feel like. ESPN's first take? The, the, the Eagle v. Turkey crowd was ah, like LeBron yeah. v. Jordan. <laughs> you know, like a real intellectual debate. <laughs> that's great. That's like, a good who, take. who is it? Who yeah. deserves. That's the a, eagle's a scavenger bird. I don't want to talk about it, but it is. That's like a, a, a C-level SNL skit you just pitched me, Mike. And I think we Barely. should do it. We, yeah, we should do it. Yeah. Brian happens to know someone who used to be uh, very intimately involved in SNL, but he won't talk about it on the show. Jeez. And we won't, we won't bring it up. <laughs> yeah. I just, like, float, I just yeah. want to float that out yeah. there. Um, so Kemba Walker, uh, you know, bad, bad mojo. And appreciate Cam Wolf for writing that story. To hopefully bring the the Celtics bad mojo. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. Boston area sports they they have a history of their players associating themselves <laughs> with uh, the insurrectionists. Mm. MAGA hats in the uh, the Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, they draft the Patriots drafted a kicker who has like now now he's he's now since come out and said like uh, I'm sorry for this, but he had like white supremacists like kind of slogans on his body tattooed to his body. Um, yeah. Uh, a good that's, look. That's, that's a tough one. Can I, well, before we get into the next yes, point uh, in the chat, people are, there's hot takes flying. Uh, true boy, uh, William Farrow, uh, among a few others are wanting Beautiful. us to talk about the fact that Knicks fans on Reddit and Twitter are celebrating the fact that they sold this out their great. tickets faster than the nets. Mike, how humiliated are you? Scale of one to you're incredibly embarrassing and your team sucks. Get out of here. I, I, th- this, this whole like Knicks, like un- these, these Knicks fans that are acting like they're the underdogs, that th- that they have to like prove these little things. That's Nets fans own that. Nets fans own TV ratings rise. Nets fans own uh, the price of tickets going up being better. Nets fans own like oh the Nets Instagram has more followers than the Knicks though I don't know that like these are things that Nets fans can complain about and debate Knicks fans shouldn't be worried about it and yet they are they're celebrating the fourth seed you know like it's this I mean I know it's partly tongue in cheek but you know you guys are the Knicks just just enjoy Julius Randle and Tibbs. Don't get dragged in. I mean, this is a net that we're, that's fans are allowed to make these fun little arguments. I'm going to data points. I'm going to go even more uh, partisan and say that Knicks fans are uh, rubes and they buy the most expensive ticket before they watch the prices go down. They're just, they, they watch a bad team forever. <laughs> they get sold stuff that represents something lame and then they buy tickets at the highest possible price and celebrate it. What am I, am I surprised that you guys are schnooks? I mean, what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching. Um, I've been watching Goodfellas. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so we'll we, the, next week we have a special, a whole special show kind of built around rivalries and revenge um, that I hope we can kind of pull off with a special guest. Uh, then the, we'll dive deeper into Nets Knicks 
next week's episode. Good, good. Um, but I do appre- I do appreciate the like, and also the the political breakdown of Cuomo's with the Knicks and De Blasio's with the Nets. It's it's a, a tasty part of culture. That is, that is that tasty. That's moist. Um, question number t- three in the eight biggest questions for the Nets Celtics round one is Brian. Who will be the most important non-Big 3 Nets player in this series? Who do you think? Now, I have a guess. Okay. And an explanation. So you, I think there's a list of candidates that you could go with. Obviously, you can go Joe Harris. You could go Nick Claxton, Blake Griffin, Jeff Green. I'm going to go Bruce Brown. Okay. Specifically because, one... As he told us on our show, Bruce Brown is is a was a Celtics fan growing up. He grew up in Massachusetts. Um, he he loves to play in Boston. Uh, he grew up a Rajon Rondo fan. That was his favorite Celtic. Um, I think this series is going to mean a lot for him personally. Mm. I like that he's going to bring that energy into this series. And if you kind of look like there was a funny like uh, I don't know who put this out on Twitter a while ago it was like who's going to guard Jason Tatum for the Nets like who who's going to do that. Um, who, I mean, who are the Celtics going to guard with James Harden and Kyrie Irving? I've been, Kevin I've been, can I say something about J- Jason yeah. Tatum's offensive efficiency? I don't, I don't think he's often seeking for efficient, like easy shots. Like he, like who's guarding the guy who's taking spinning turnaround Jays all night? Like doesn't doesn't matter. <laughs> That's a difficult shot, and he's going to get it off against basically whomever. Like it's um. I don't know. There's a lot of compare. Like I, I think that there's like a, a comparison that people don't often make with Tatum that I, I've been keyed in on, which is like, you know, slightly leaner, mellow. Like there's like a, a, a firm mellow vibe to his, you know, yeah. desire to sort of stop and operate at the elbow with some twisting, turning BS. That I think if he got if he trimmed the fat on that part of his game, he might be a whole lot better. But in terms of like who guards Tatum, I don't. It's not like a it's not like a matchup difficulty situation. If that's one of your if you're if 35% of your shots are coming from those types of looks. Well, and it's all, it's also like the Nets want to treat the the way the Celtics treated Kobe Bryant in their NBA finals many years ago is the way the Nets want to tr- treat Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. which is like there's really no one else on the Celtics that you're uber concerned about. Like sure there's Evan Fournier, Kemba Walker, like there are guys, they're a playoff team. It's not like they're devoid of talent. But you do want to you want to push Jason Tatum into those I'm at the elbow, I hold the ball for three seconds, I spin around, and I shoot fadeaways. You want to push him into that because he does two different things. He does that, the mellow act, and then he will try to go to the basket or shoot threes. Like He does both of those things, and it's like whatever side of the scale he goes on, the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Sure. Jekyll was the doctor, right? Um, Yes, I believe so. I think so. Um, Whatever side he goes, you want to push him towards – mid-range you want to push him towards that type of stalling offense that where if he gets his bucket that's great if he doesn't it ruins the offense Mm -hmm. right so that's where you want to go towards him and that's why i think bruce brown is going to be important not that i mean bruce the height difference between bruce brown and jason tatum is fairly large it's like four inches at Mm -hmm. least but i think they're going to put some bruce brown pressure on jason tatum because Bruce is a little bigger. He can kind of body him up a little bit. He is, of course, athletic enough, quick enough to sort of handle any drives to the basket. And if you're going to have Bruce Brown starting, who like his, his the, the reason why he's starting is defense. So put him on Tatum at various stretches to annoy him, to pester him, 
And if you can do that, then like this isn't like a super big crazy series. Do you have a role player that just intrigues you? I do. You're excited to see. I do. <clears throat> it's you know, it might be criminal to call this a, a true role player, although I think he, I think he almost verifiably is. But I think Joe Harris, I'll be, I'll be pretty keyed in on. Um, yeah. Mostly, he's coming off of an injury-ish thing or whatever, but also there's a bit of a meme, of Joe Harris, not really showing up for big games, specifically playoffs from two years ago or whatever. Um, I would like to see him shake off some nerves um, in a first round in which we are heavily favored. <clears throat> I think that that would be a, a an important data point to see come to fruition. Just him yes. very naturally coming in, hitting his shots, being peak Joe Harris because um, I mean of any of the of the few orbiting sort of questions, if, even if they are questions, is like can Joe Harris show up for big games? Eh, let's get let's knock this out early. You know, bang this out. Joe Harris is leading the NBA in catch and shoot threes, fifty one point five percent. Okay, but is he just a three point shooter, Mike? Can he do more? Can he do anything else? <laughs> is there anything? <laughs> um, God, oh, that's gonna that's, be terrible. Yeah, every game. The, the, every the announcer <laughs> narratives in the Celtics Nets series is gonna be. We gotta get it's the bi- be... we gotta get the bingo sheet going. <laughs> we but, do. Yeah, we should. Glue guys, bingo. Yeah. Um, like if I was gonna if I was gonna pick a role player that I'm most interested in sort of watching throughout the whole playoffs, Joe Harris is 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 sort of I don't know if he's the X X factor. I think Blake is the X factor for the Nets because he's gonna play five at times. He's gonna have against the bigger lineups against the Sixers or against the Bucks or the Lakers, whoever it's gonna be, uh, the Nuggets, even the Jazz. Like Blake is gonna be critically important in those games, but throughout the playoffs. Like if Joe Harris is is doing what he just did in the regular season, only that, right? Like hitting threes at the same exact clip, no more, no less. The Nets, I mean, the Nets offense is going to be mm. devastating. Mm. But if he's not hitting threes and he's taking seven threes a game and he hits two of them and doesn't really, you know, do much else. And then those minutes, you're kind of, you're not getting much out of him. That creates a little problem. Not a big problem, but a little problem. Yeah, uh, sure. Fourth question. Okay. Number four, biggest question <clears throat> for the Nets Celtics round one is, how much should we account for Kyrie's emotional connection yeah. to the Boston Celtics? At, and, and is that emotional connection a positive or a negative? Well, what do you think, can I, I'll back into this with a little thing. Can I do this? Back in. Beep, I'm going to back beep. in. You know how I've been campaigning to be hired by Team Kyrie to manage his PR? Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I, you know, his um, he went had a little bit of a media cycle about his Israeli-Palestinian sort of – that he wanted to highlight the conflict there. That was basically what he wanted to do. He said, I, wanted to hi- I want to highlight this conflict. Yeah. I would say that if I were going I to – I thought he did it – yeah, yeah. He did it in a – Totally fine, appropriate way. He I didn't. Thought, it was it was fine. Ultimately, like the, the things that he said, there's nothing controversial necessarily about the things that he said. I will say this: if I was going to offer a, some advice, it would be this for Kyrie. It would be sure. you know, I I would say don't seem so impatient with everybody else who doesn't necessarily know what what the the topic that's on the top of your mind is today. It's, it's sure. always, it seems like he's got very little patience for like, you know, we did just play this basketball game. We're in a basketball arena. A whole lot of what the context of the situation is, is about basketball. So it's not crazy to think that we're going to ask some questions about basketball. It's fine. If you want to talk about other things, I think everybody in the room is here for it. You know, like don't presume that they're not. Cause they were like, yeah, let's fine. Let's go ahead. Do, do your, you know, 
hot takes on Israel, <laughs> go for it. But, um, you know, we're, we're definitely here for that. So please go ahead, you know. Uh, yeah. So I would just say, I would offer that just a little bit more like, if you want to, if you want to go in on whatever topic it is, I'm sure people are there are going to hear it, but you know, they just don't, just don't presume that they're in the same state of mind as you, you know, that's all. That's my whole, whole piece. Anyways, I'm using that as a way to like back into this whole yes. thing is that I'm interested in how you go from <laughs> Israel, Palestine to, well, it's to not really Israel, Palestine. Palestine. It's mostly just about, uh, um, just EQ, EQ in a, in a, in a presser, you know, a place where I've spent a lot of time in my day, Mike, a lot of time in the presser, uh, yeah. in, in, in the, in the boiler room. What do they call that? There's gotta be a name for it. I'm sure just the press room. Play. Yeah. Press room. The press um, conference room. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I actually don't have a natural segue for that. That was just sort of like a top of the mind so, thing. Yeah. yeah. So Stream here's my, here's my prediction, right? So we've already seen social media videos, and I mean, I fan Celtic fans were in the arena, I believe, chanting F Kyrie, right? Like in that playoff game. And also, we want the Nets is something that they've been chanting. Mm. Now, like, I could I could go like, oh, it's just a, a minority of fans who are chanting that. That does not represent the entirety of the Boston Celtics fan base, except Brian. I know a lot of Celtics fans. I know a lot of people from Boston. Ugh, why? That is th- that is the way they think. They are provincial. <clears throat> they are <laughs> yeah. they they really they are really protective of their little bubble of Boston. They're basically feudal peasants that <laughs> <laughs> that know nothing but the 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 garden in the back of their house. That's what they yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. So th- I I know that they're going to bring that energy, you know, and if you kind of think about the emotional state of the fan at this point, They've been locked out of the arena for a year. Everyone's getting that vax in their arm. They're getting that Marcus Pfizer, and they're getting in the arena, and they're excited. And, you know, part of what's fun about being a fan of a team is also disliking uh, an opponent. And there's no greater dislike than a guy who said, who used to be on your team and said, I don't want to be on your team anymore. How this links back to Kyrie is that I think ultimately – this is the best like matchup for him because like whether he's engaged or not, I mean, he's always engaged. I think it's ridiculous when like Stephen A. Smith says that Kyrie Irving doesn't really care about basketball. He has too many other interests. I, I mean, if you, the, the, you don't get to be as good as he is like at his, like just average size. Like he's basically your size, Brian. He doesn't get to be as good <laughs> as he is without caring desperately about basketball. So yeah. I think this is a good series for him. Um, yes, there's going to be those demons, those uh, demon uh, Celtics fans, but I, I think it's going to be a good thing. I think it's going to be a, a thing for the team to sort of rally around as it's happening and provide a jolt and sort of a, an accelerant mm. to the Nets uh, offense. I think, I mean, just one last little bit, like Boston really wanted to think that he was shook because he like missed that one first return game to, um, the TD garden. And, uh, and ever since he's just been hanging them for like huge amount, he just doesn't care. And he just wrecks them, you know, dispassionately, like, (laughs) you know, it's just not a, I, I don't think he's afraid or scared to play the Celtics or whomever. It, It doesn't like, it doesn't, it does not seem like it phases him one way or the other. That's my that's my hot take. Let's do this. Take a quick break. Coming back, we'll do the final four biggest questions for Nets Celtics round one. Wow. And we're back, Brian. Um, 
Question number five. We've already done whatever we're going to see from James Harden. Is Kemba Walker an insurrectionist? Who is the most important Nets role player in the series? And then Kyrie's Boston connection and all that stuff. Number five, this is from our buddy Aiden. He uh, is Scottish Nets blog. They do. He's part of the UK, the Nets UK pod, which is amazing and excellent. Uh, he asked this, and this is fairly simple, but I agree with it. What do you think will be Nash's rotation for this series? And what do you guys think should be the rotation for this series? I think this really comes down to a question of, like, ultimately there's uh, guarantees to be in the rotation. KD, Kyrie, Harden, Blake, Jeff Green, Joe Harris, Bruce Brown, Nick Claxton, and Shamit. So really this comes down to, <laughs> should DeAndre Jordan play? And I guess should TLC play or Mike James? Like, those kind of fringe players. I will very quickly say, uh, if Mike James is playing, it's because someone else is hurt. Uh, TLC, I really doubt, is going to get minutes at all in this series uh so brian deandre jordan yeah <clears throat> should we see of deandre in the playoffs like I, what i actually think if there's a series that you're going to see him it, it, it might be this one just because i feel like i mean they their yeah. bigs are not super interesting tristan thompson is a very nice matchup against deandre just because they're similarly they're just very similar um in stature and utility um you know, Luke Cornette might go off Queen. You know, who knows what? But um, j- just kidding. <laughs> Ryan promised he'd bring up Luke Cornette in the pre-show he's meeting. He's been on the forefront of my and mind. he did. Yeah. He officially he did it. Everyone. There it was. <clears throat> there it was. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Um, but yeah, I actually think that this is a good one because there's just not a real go-to offensive threat on their front line. Um, and if you want to get some mileage out of, out of your front court, if you're the Nets, this is a nice time to do it. That's... So I would I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know Nash should, Nash has been surprising. I'll say that. I'll be very interested to see in like in general what his rotations are for this playoffs because if he continues to just be like totally erratic and like not have any patterns to it, like I, I kind of expect that to, to be the case throughout the playoffs. Like there's just been no like consistency one where there's never been a hint of it. He's never even outside of like if you're KD, Kyrie and James or James Harden, you're going to start. Other than that, it's all it's all over the, the damn place, Mike. Yeah, I, I think it's sort of this whole situation with DeAndre. It's like, if you're going to have him at all, you play him in this series because you, you the Celtics bigs aren't that imposing. He could still produce. And you're going to want the option of DeAndre Jordan in a Sixers series, in a Bucks series, a Lakers series, whatever going forward, right? Like, you just want that option to go to. And if you don't even give him minutes against the Celtics – it kind of goes into a situation where, like, then you can't bring them back in. It's the whole, like, if you start a season, you're a football team, and you have a veteran quarterback and a rookie quarterback, start with the veteran, see how it goes, because if you start with the rookie, it's hard to then flip the rookie back to the bench and then start the veteran, because the rookie will just be done. Like, that'll be the end of their career. They'll be Josh Rosen, and we won't see them ever again. Um, DeAndre Jordan. Mm-hmm. Nash is extremely in tune with sort of the psychology of his players, right? Mm-hmm. It seems that way. Like he seems to understand how to manipulate them oh into gosh. doing what he wants. He's a manipulator, oh, Brian. Sounds like a sick, a sick man. Well, and if we th- Kenny Hackinson got partly fired because he didn't want to start DeAndre Jordan, <clears throat> and DeAndre Jordan has played much less under Steve Nash. It's true, but we haven't heard anything. 
yeah. about that. Really, he and really finessed that with the upfront starting. Do, do you think that that was what it was? He was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna play you so much that you exhaust everyone. <laughs> you even exhaust yourself. You're, you know." And also, I think we've talked about this. I think it's that Katie, he basically, right. Nash right. got Kevin Durant and Harden on his side. We're like, he was just sending him cut ups of DeAndre not doing the right drop coverage off of screens and just like, just, just Grima, Grima worm tongue to just pour poison in his ear. Be like, Katie, look at him. Look at him slagging off that pick. Mm. <laughs> what the, was the reference? Gr- that Lord it's of the Lord Rings? of the Rings. The, you know, Grima, Grima worm tongue. I want to say first name Grima. G R I M A. Twin tat. What's the? Yeah, he's like the pale guy with the with yeah. the long hair. <laughs> well, that's like the whole everyone in that series. <laughs> so, yeah. You can describe yeah. every single person yeah. in Lord of the Rings. That's fair. The pale guy with long hair. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I th- I do think I you know there's usefulness out of DeAndre Jordan, and I think you want to have that club in your bag. Mm. You don't want a happy Gilmore and throw it into the lake. You want to you want to have that club in your bag. Nice. Um. Question number six of the eight biggest questions for Nets Celtics round one is Matthew Abramovitz says closing lineup thoughts. Mm. Now this is interesting, Brian. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, definitively you, we can say Katie Kyrie Harden, right? To me, I think, I think Blake and Bruce Brown are out there mm-hmm. in, in closing lineups now, or or it could be Blake's out, and you put Nick Claxton in for a pure defensive replacement. But the Nets, it, there's clear the big three have to be out there. The thing is, I just don't know if Joe Harris is necessarily going. I you I would always used to say Joe Harris was going to be out there. My thing is, like, I don't know if he's always going to be out there at this point, particularly if like Katie, Kyrie, and Harden are all healthy. And you have all the shooting you would want. You have all the offensive flexibility you could want. Blake, because he still can float around the perimeter, he's not going to hit threes really, but he he has the ability to still drag a big man out. Um, and Bruce Brown, because he's the best center in the NBA, mm. kind of want him in there. So I go Katie, Kyrie, Harden, Blake, and Bruce Brown. But it could change. It's like it could be Claxton. It could be Joe Harris. I mean, I if you read into – anything and i don't think it's safe to read into anything with steve nash <clears throat> he the last time that the big three played together the starting lineup was as you said the big three and then blake and, and bruce um if there's any nod or or tip off to what he's thinking about you know starting slash crunch time minutes that's that's the best i got but you know i feel like he's um he's very you know fussy with his matchup dependent rotation and i think it, it'll just stay that way you know i agree um, and I think it's just oh, it's always going to be different. Oh. I think there's eight guys. Eight guys. That's a lot for what who could be in the closing lineup. Uh, number seven. Question seven of the biggest questions, the most important questions possible for Nets Celtics round one. This is from Alex Schiffer, the beat reporter for the Athletic, who covers the Nets. He asks, "Where is my invite to join the pod?" Mm. And I'll say to him, just like where was my invite. To David Rosenthal's bar mitzvah in 2001. Mm. Mm. There was no. There wasn't. It wasn't there. So you were not invited. Uh, but <laughs> Got him. Roasted. <laughs> Alex, Alex you'll, be, you'll be on the pod soon there enough, buddy. Uh, last question. This is the most fun one, Bri. <clears throat> I want you to open up that brain a bit. Oh. Crack it open. Crack it open like a fresh egg. Like a, like a brown Nature Valley organic mm. egg. 
Still's a little fuzz on it. It's so organic. <laughs> wow, um, <laughs> that is organic. Fungus, a fungal egg. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> fungal egg. Yeah. What's the most satisfying way that this series could go? If you were Picasso and you could paint this series, if you could paint it to to your your mind's desires, what's what's the things you want to see? Right? Like, I mean, there's there's things that of course, like it's a sweep. Yes, that would be satisfying. Um, to me. Kyrie Irving, you know, averaging like 34 points, six rebounds, six assists throughout the entirety of the series. That's satisfying. Mm. Are there other things that you want to see? Because ultimately, you know, this is this is the revenge <clears throat> moment. Mm-hmm. This is Game of Thrones. You're, you know, the guy who has been tortured by Bolton Ramsey yeah. for or Ramsey Bolton. I don't know which one. I It's been a long time. Somebody in chat knows. Somebody in chat knows. Sansa Stark. You know, she's been tortured, 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 or whatever. Um, Rick. Yes. M- uh, Manuel yeah. Marcano says, Brad Dourif was Grima Wormtongue played deep. So shout out to Brad. Shout out to Brad. Shout out. Um, what's the things you want to see? What would make you happiest? <clears throat> the gleefuliest. You know, when I saw this on the dock, I, I did, exp- like, I, I really tried to, I dropped some acid and I got crazy and really expanded my brain. And what I thought about was, you know, how responsible is Jason Tatum ultimately for what befell the Nets in that period of time? You know, not much. You can't really blame Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown or Kemba Walker or any of these guys. It's not really, they're just, you know, they're just caught in the, in the crossfire. The real, you know, the real self-flagellation that I want to see comes from our peers in the media. In the the global close to coastal meet, <laughs> and I would like a, I don't know, like a, an hour long, you know, maybe multi series, docu series, of just like one after the other, kind of dragging all of the people who said that the Nets are never going to be good again. This is the worst thing, you know. And at the end, just have, I don't know, Billy King standing proud. Maybe not that, but. Uh, I will say that I do want there to be some kind of comeuppance that I'm surely is not going to happen for just how people appraise franchises futures based on these types of things. Um, Because I think that a whole lot of people were very wrong and they're all going to keep a very low profile about how wrong they were for the last four years. The composition of the series that I want to see is like, you know, again, sweep, but like I want game two to be close. Game two in Brooklyn to be close, but the Nets are up 2-0 going to Boston, and you, there's, like, excitement, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, the, the TD Garden is alive. Oh, we're, we've been close in these two games. Now we get them on our home court. We have more fans than we've had in a year and a half. We're going to get them. You mm-hmm. know, we, we we went to Tim Hortons. We got our maple lattes. We're eating our Boston baked beans. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. Clam chowder. They've had their clam chowder. Yeah. What they're kind souped up they get the chowder. Maple lattes is what they're drinking over there? Yeah, it's New England. Oh, what else boy. they got? I don't even know. I don't, even, bunch of, I don't even Maple trees are everywhere, Bri. When, pe- when people from New England talk to me, I just, pay, 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 I close off. You know? <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> so I want that excitement for game three. And the Nets come out and win by 25. And then I went like, oh, but we're, okay, game four, you know, there's, the Nets are going to, you know, the Celtics are going to make it happen. You know, beat the win game four, of course, you know, they're a representative team. And I want the Nets to be up by 35 in the second quarter and everything falls apart and we get taco fall for the whole second half and Romeo Langford's running point. And for the Nets, it's Tyler Johnson and TLC out there and the Nets sweep 
and there's booze and there's camera shots of Danny Ainge looking grumpy, looking sad. Mm. And then we get like Rachel Nichols pipes in as the sideline reporter saying, you know, there's a lot of buzz in Boston about the leadership changes. The team isn't <laughs> the team squandered sort of the the treasure chest of assets that yes, Danny Ainge collected, but yeah. there's just talk Wick Grosbeck, the owner, <laughs> old Wick, you know, <laughs> Rye on Wick says, <laughs> Oh, you know, sources say he's fed up with what's mm-hmm. happening the team should be better and they don't want to squander Jason Tatum's prime <laughs> Danny Ainge may be moved yeah. moved to the business office and away from basketball I, like i want <laughs> demolition yeah. i want destruction i had a uh, a visual just now of like <clears throat> you know they maybe they have like a weird mic'd up section where Danny Ainge is like mic'd up and it's sort of like you know the scene in uh, Boogie Nights where Philip Seymour Hoffman tries to kiss uh, Mark Wahlberg and he's like no like I'm not you know and then he's he's, he's like I'm a fucking idiot I'm a fucking idiot <laughs> you know I want to see Danny Ainge just like in the bathroom like, I'm a fucking idiot. you know that kind of thing is that what yeah. you that's what you're talking about yeah that's yeah. what I would I yeah I want them to mic up Danny Ainge <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. for game four as the sweep occurs <laughs> and he just does that yeah he's in the bathroom not realizing there was an SNL skit or sketch by the way sorry I've been told. They're not skits; they're sketches. Okay. So, uh, well, shout shout out to my stepbrother, yeah, who holds that dear. Um, <laughs> where Jonah Hill is at dinner with a, at a boss's house, and he keeps going to the bathrooms, yelling at himself, and he doesn't think anyone could hear on the counter. So, yes, Danny Ainge, because that's the guy, that's mm-hmm. the villain. There's no one else, as you said. Brad Stevens, not villainous. Yeah. You know, he's not. No. He's he's just a a a, a pawn. Yeah. In Danny Ainge's game. Uh, Jason Tatum should have been a net. Jalen Brown should have been a net. Um, Kemba Walker, you know, could have been a net or, you know, whatever. But I don't, and I like Kemba Walker, even though he's an insurrectionist. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, he wore the jacket. I didn't wear the jacket. He wore yeah. the jacket. Right. You know, that's what he did. Um, it's on you. So I, I want that. I want that to be. I want the scene. I need to see it. It's for closure. It's to understand that where the Nets are is where the Celtics thought they were going to be, particularly with Kyrie Irving as the sort of central thread of it all. Nice. Uh, And I I would not hate it if they brought Billy King out. And again, as we discussed, he descended down from the rafters in the Brooklyn night costume and took off the helmet. And it was Billy King. He says, my plan worked. You know, mm. it's like kind yeah. of like Scooby-Doo. My right. yeah. And then, you know, like, because it, it worked, right? He was the Brooklyn Knight the whole time. It was a circuitous yeah. route yeah. to uh, KD, Kyrie, and Harden. But without that trade, the Nets wouldn't have KD, Kyrie, or, or James Harden on this team. So true. There's no doubt about that. So true. Um, so that's our first round series. Brian, final prediction. <laughs> I, didn't tell you to, I didn't tell you to have one, but I'm honestly just going to say sweep. I'm going to say it's going to be a sweep. I'm not going to be bashful. I think the Nets, if healthy, and they are, are just a way better team. And if they're healthy, they're a devastating offensive force. Yeah, I really thought about how it would happen that this would be like a gentleman sweep, you know, a, go, go to a fiver. And I just don't – I if I'm a betting man, I just don't see it. You know, I just don't see it. I feel like the Nets are not going to lose games one or two. And then if that happens, the – I don't know, the, the integrity of this Celtics team – uh, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of, I don't know. Th- I feel like the bottom could fall out pretty quickly in a situation like that. Um, so <laughs> with that being said, 
I too think it'll be a sweep, Mike. I do. Yeah, I think it's going to be a sweep. I, mm-hmm. the, the only thing that I could see happening in terms of like the Celtics getting a win, if there's just like a, a referee sabotaging the event, yeah, and they come in and they give Jason Tatum like 20 free throws. I, I would feel differently if this was if Jalen Brown was involved in this. I would feel definitely I would yeah, be yeah. you know legitimately like that's a, a potentially I mean definitely five maybe six kind of game series and that would be a win for Boston if that if we went to six uh, in that situation based on how poorly they played up until the point where he got hurt. Well, and think about it, like so the set when the Seventy Sixers and the Nets played two playoffs ago. The Nets, this this Nets team, that Nets team with D'Angelo Russell wasn't necessarily as good as maybe the Celtics team, the, the heights that the Celtics team can reach. But that 76ers team definitely wasn't as good as this current Nets team. And that went five. And that's the kind of series I could see where, like, it's competitive-ish. Mm. But really, like, we all have an understanding that the, it's not, it's just not going to produce seven games. Yeah. It, I would be, I would be floored. I would be on the floor. Yeah. If this produced six games, five games, yeah, you could see five. It's really, if it was six, yeah, I'd be floored. Floored. Pissed. I'd be basemented. You'd be pissed. I'd be bunkered. Yeah. Big time. Thank you so much for listening at BK Glue Guys on Twitter, netsdaily.com, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, excuse me, five stars. We need them. We want to have them. Appreciate you, Brian. Oh, appreciate you back, dog. Um, <clears throat> don't also, tread on me, Brian. Don't tread on me. Don't, don't Guys, tread on me. tailgate, Brooklyn. I'll, we're going to be there watching the game, getting crunk um, on Saturday, 730-ish. I'll, I'll mosey in there. Mike, where will you be? I'm going to be, what, Saturday? You're going to be up to your ears and babies. That's what you're going to be. You're going to have babies <laughs> just, hanging off you. All 15-year kids. Just changing yeah. <laughs> all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will be probably watching the game on my phone <laughs> underneath my <Yeah>. bed sheets, <laughs> acting nice. like I'm sleeping. So my, my wife doesn't think I'm up too late. Very nice. That's kind of the, the, the vibe. Living like a, like a Pharaoh. Um, you go King. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> this is a great episode. Really good. Really good. Thanks Next everybody. Next week is going to be really fun, hopefully. And, uh, we'll just keep, I'm just going to keep on top of it, folks. So stay with us here. Stay along for the championship ride. Bye.